Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the I Love Gold podcast brought to you by Acme Packing Company of SB Nation. I am Tyler Brooks, joined alongside Chris Burke. Chris, uh, I want to ask how you're doing. It's been a crazy 48 hours, but, you know, first, let's let's just take a little deep breath. Are you ready? You ready for a little deep breath? Yeah, a little, a little, a little ASMR here, yeah. <sighs> All right, how are you feeling? uh much better (laughs) not really but much better (laughs) we got we got a lot to cover today but i figured we should just take a second to deep breath twitter has been on fire for the last 24 hours i'm just essentially trying to make the atmosphere as zen as possible before we get into the game and possibly some other stuff yeah um i've got a gong that i can actually Boy, what? <laughs> what you have a gong? So my major when I went to college, I went to school for radio, TV, film production. Um, we did some sketch comedy shows on the actual college st- TV station, which was actually on public access um, where where I went to school. Um, we did a version of the gong show, and I found one of these things just like at a garage sale. Oh my I'm like, holy crap! My roommate had a pickup truck loaded up into his truck. And uh, yeah, for the last 15 years, I have a gong. Wait, um, how big is the gong? It's probably a full, it's it's not probably full size, but it's pretty close. I was thinking um, like one on your desk. Do you have a, you have like a pretty much full size gong? Is I it like a, a piece of furniture? It's, um, I would say it's probably about, uh, you know, I tried to test it with the audio for some reason. Zoom doesn't want to pick that background noise up, but uh it's probably about, I'd say probably 24, eh, maybe 28 inches across. I mean, it's, it's a, it's oh, a gong. My uh, God. Chuck Barris would be proud of it. And I'm sure you're probably too young to get that reference with the gong show, but uh, <laughs> it, uh, it, it, it keeps, it wakes the neighbors up. I try not to strike it uh, too often, obviously, but uh, you know, we always make Mortal Kombat jokes whenever I've got friends over and I get that thing. So Esther might. <laughs> I feel like that's dangerous to have just, you know, if I'm drunk one day and I get home, I, I'm worried I'd just like fall into it. Yeah. <laughs> Takes getting gong to a whole different. To a whole different oh, my God. Oh, there we go. OK, <laughs> um, man, that kind of threw me for a loop. Uh, we have a football game to talk about. Uh, I did want to say I wanted to check with you, Chris, just figure while we're in the air. We should probably talk about it and then just move past it. Uh, but I figure we might want to talk about Aaron Rodgers over the last week. Yeah, um, little, not a little, very disappointing um, to kind of show, you know, one of those where was I moment. I was actually doing inventory at work at a different store outside of where I live. And my phone is vibrating from Slack notifications and everything. And I'm like, what is going on? And, you know, the actually it's funny now i go i'm like holy crap Rodgers has covid 
Well, the funny part of it is within like a minute later, I'm hearing throughout the building, Rogers has COVID, Rogers has COVID. It's like fetch the locksmith for men in tights. Um, <laughs> I got, got that one. Reaction over there, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, only thing I want to say, I think that interview was probably a heat of the moment thing for him. He obviously seemed pretty upset by this getting out that he is unvaccinated. There were some things in there where I was like, I get the spirit of what you're saying, but it's just the message is muddied when it becomes all this talk of cancel culture and woke mobs and pointing fingers at other people and things like that. And if you're trying to have a message about having a conversation and being civil with people and trying to have intellectual debates, pointing fingers and calling people woke mobs and things like that, it's not going to get the job done. No, it's not. I mean, you're, you go, you, you go into that playbook, that's going scorched earth already. You're not going to win many people over to your side on that, except somebody you really probably don't want on your side. Um, you know, he likes to pretend he's always the smartest person in the room. Uh, he wasn't this week. Um, and he's just been taking an absolute beating um, in the press, and rightfully so. I mean, he's going he's gonna to play the victim card just because that's, that's who he is. But... Uh, extremely disappointing especially for the leader and i can say this from you know when living here in wisconsin he has now given anti every anti-vaccine group um legitimacy now by what he said so he's done he, he did some damage to his legacy in the past week no doubt about it yeah i i am very curious to see you know what the fallout of this is from long term um and for his whole point to start off by saying he's not an anti-vaxxer but to give that you know, crowd uh, legitimacy, essentially. Yeah, I think that's where the disappointing part comes in. And, Again, and, you know, he, he talked, he's talked for years about his legacy. He wants to maintain a good legacy. The last, I mean, the last week, yeah, but I mean, even going back to the spring, he's almost set that on fire. Like, what are you doing, man? What are you doing here? I really, I'd love to know what's going through your head because uh, you think you're smarter than us. So explain it. Yeah, I thought it was important. We should just get the elephant out of the room. Uh, it was so exhausting last week trying to cover this while at the same time going like, you know what I'd really love to talk about right now is this upcoming matchup against the Chiefs. So let's let's move past this. Uh, didn't want to keep bringing it up throughout the episode with you know everything going on, but let's get into the game against the Kansas City Chiefs. Packers did lose six to thirteen in one of the weirdest, drunkest, sloppiest, ugliest games I've watched in some time. The fact that they were in striking distance is pretty amazing. And before we get into all of the matchups and all the phases, despite the loss, another deep breath, another Zen moment. Just remember if the Packers are seven and two, the NFC North absolutely stinks. And if the playoff race was to end right now, the Packers would be the two seed. A lot of ball games left, obviously all that. Uh, but there are some positive takeaways. Could not have been a better week for the Packers as far as the Cowboys going down, the Rams going down. A lot of chaos in a week where the Packers kind of needed that uh, if they were going to lose. Yeah, I mean, it was one of those where I was watching those early games and I thought, boy, these games are drunk. And I said, what does that mean for the Packer game? Well, we found out, didn't we? <laughs> it, uh, yeah, it, it worked out well standing-wise for the Packers. I mean, if that's... Really, you know, we had a feeling it was, you know, that they might lose, especially with Jordan Love being in his first start. Um, you know, no harm, no foul, really, at this point. So, you know, we'll have to see where we go from there. Yeah, uh, we can get into the offense. I, I left it for the ends just because there's so much to talk about in this game. And 
wanted to carve out some time to talk about loving the offense, but let's start with everyone's favorite as a green Bay Packers fan, the special teams. And I have one question I wrote down. What the hell was that? What was that? I don't know, but I never want to see it again. Um, Boy, you know, they, they changed the long snapper and I thought, okay, they actually diagnosed what the problem has been with the kicking operation. Um, to say nothing about coverage, but at least with the field goal part, because I know Matt LaFleur and Coach Drayton have said, you know, hey, there's, you know, we got to clean up our operation. We're trying to figure out what it is. That didn't fix the problem. Uh, the snaps weren't good, but Borges also has to get a much better hold on there. So the operation is still broken and it's clear it goes uh, above me beyond one player. Yeah, it was it was very strange to see two different kicks without the laces fully out. I mean, I think the second one across, he kicked at the laces while it got blocked. So you've got a lot of issues coming there. You got snap issues, you've got hold issues, and you've got blocking issues on the field goal unit. So it's really sad that this is really hurting the all-time numbers and accuracy percentage for Mason Crosby, who, you know, this could very well be his last or second to last or third, hope third to last season. Who knows? To see this many issues consistently throughout the season on field goal unit is frustrating enough. And then you add on whatever the heck Amari Rogers is doing on punt return and you just get, you know, a brutal game. The special teams cost them, you know, you can talk about expected points and everything. Uh, Simplicity, they cost the team nine points in a six point loss, two missed field goals, and then uh, a muff punt when Amari Rogers bailed and it got touched by, I cannot remember who it got to show. Was it Malik Taylor? I cannot remember. Yes, it was Malik Taylor. It was Malik Taylor's... um... Pretty much the arch of his foot um, is what hit. Yeah, uh, so that muff, thank goodness for the defense holding them to a field goal, but two missed field goals and that muff punt resulted in nine points in a loss. Uh, as Packers fans, they've seen so many bad special teams units and so many bad games from special teams. Uh, even though they didn't give up a, a return touchdown, I would make the argument that this is the worst special teams performance I've watched. Oh, easily. Um, and actually, uh, taking back those field, taking back the field goals and the muff punt and giving up a return touchdown probably would have still netted them two extra points, actually, as crazy as that yeah. sounds with the point swing. But uh, I, I don't like to normally get into hyperbole about coaches' jobs, especially at the halfway point of a season. But uh, I'd have to think Coach Drayton's, uh, Marie Drayton's hot seat is warming up a little bit. I mean, it has to. And I mean, I've got to kind of, nail the floor here a little bit too you you go through the pains last year with Menenga and then you promote his top assistant what you what you know at that point I they really should have looked outside the organization Drayton gives a great press conference but uh you know that's just on the field though it's been utter garbage I wouldn't say that he his seat's warming up I'd say it's that meme where the dog is in a burning building and he's just like this is fine that's where I think, because I mean, LaFleur even said in this press conference today, uh, we're recording on Monday, that he talked to Drayton about pulling Amari Rogers off punt return after that. Uh, he muffed one that he recovered. Uh, and he's like, hey, I think we need to get him out. And Drayton's like, no, this is fine. We'll just keep him out there. And he's like, I really, you know, appreciate Mo for standing pat on his guy. And I'm like, should you be? Should you should you be okay with that? Because it, it didn't really go great. And then he credited Amari for a 15-year punt return, where in reality that was just, you know, the Chiefs punter drastically out kicking his coverage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you're the Matt LaFleur is the head coach. He should have veto power on that. Yeah. Um, 
you know, and I, that's, that's where I, this, this was definitely not Matt LaFleur's best game. We'll get into more uh, down the road, but boy, um, that was, I mean, I, you talk about all, you know, you always hear the all three phases and everybody, kind of, okay, you know, whatever, but it really does take all three phases because special teams can hurt you much more than they probably can help you in a way. Um, but yeah, definitely uh, burn the tape special teams game, but there have been plenty of those this year. So I don't know what it's going to take to change. They just might have to hope they don't have to, you know, win every game 35, nothing, and they don't have to return any kicks. So <laughs> maybe that's the way to go. Let me tell you, uh, growing up in Indianapolis, I have seen what really good special teams looks like when the Colts had Pat McAfee, Adam Vinatieri, and Matt Overton was the long snapper. who was a pretty darn good long snapper. They rarely had any issues in any phase of that. And this was during the Pagano Grig scenario with Andrew Luck. Uh, they won a boatload of football games, despite, you know, some pretty poor talent across the roster. So that that's what a good special teams unit can get you. Just saying, I just wanted to throw that out there. Another thing I want to say, you know, Amari Rogers. Oh, go it ahead. Actually would have been even better if uh, Troy Pollum. Palamalu, excuse me, was not lined up in that C gap. I got to <laughs> nail, nail that for Pat McAfee. Uh, man, that would have been even better, but yeah, sorry. Hey, go on. <laughs> no, I appreciate that. I'm sure he would love to hear that as well. Um, the other thing I want to say about the special teams with Amari Rogers, um, he is getting a lot of deserved criticism for how he's playing. Um, it's looking like a draft miss, but at the same time, um, I'm hoping they find a way to get him on the practice squad or something like that. I just hope they don't write the kid off completely. He's still young. He's a guy that could theoretically develop, but I also don't want a guy that's afraid of catching the ball on punt returns out there. So, you know, there's got to yeah, be a happy medium between there. Don't want the kid to just get written off forever. Well, I mean, he, he's got value on offense. That, that jet sweep that they have, they used with him. I think he's got some value more on offense than special teams. Um, but, you know, the, he, he can't be returning punts anymore for sure. I mean, I, I know they don't, Probably putting Randall Cobb back there is not what you want to do, but I think that's what they have to do at this point. Yeah, we'll see what happens with that. Again, you know, NFL careers can be pretty long, and guys can develop, uh, you know, everyone develops differently. So we'll see. Feels more like a confidence issue than anything, but time will tell. Let's move ahead and, you know, going from the downswing, let's talk about some of the, the nice things about the defense, right? Like, talk about a unit that absolutely played their asses off, uh, you know, with. Eric Stokes going down pregame. He was not a healthy, he was not an inactive. He got hurt warming up. And then you had Kenneth Clark coming off in the first half. Uh, not only did they hold them to 13 points, like a two-time Super Bowl appearance, Kansas City Chiefs team. Uh, they also held them to only 3.8 yards per play. Uh, I cannot say enough good things about how well the defense played. Yeah, uh, Joe Barry had that unit ready to go. I mean, we the Chiefs offense has been struggling throughout the year, but I, I will not write off Patrick Mahomes. I think we're seeing a lot of like the 2015 Green Bay Packer type vibe, you know, where they're starting to kind of figure it out. Andy Reid, you know, once he gets through his first 15 scripted plays, it seems to go into hero mode for Mahomes. And I, I won't write them off at all. So still, if there's a lot of speed on that offense, a lot of talent. Thought maybe, you know, despite how well the Packers have played, this would be their get right game. It wasn't. They, they handled it well. And, you know, Tyree Hill didn't run all over them. They, they kept everybody in check. So definitely a promising performance. I am uh, yeah, very impressed. And I think the reason they played so well is it felt like anyone that was out there came to play. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, no one like slacked off. No one was the guy that they, they're like, we're going to expose this guy game in like the entire game. Like 
shit, even Kevin King had a genuinely good performance. Uh, I mean, if you're getting Kevin King to play well and the whole team's playing well, uh, you know, <laughs> that's a sign that good things are coming. All the credit in the world to Joe Barry for getting those guys ready. Yeah, I mean, even Kevin, Kevin King wrapping up a guy and closing on the line of scrimmage, we haven't seen that in what feels like forever. Dropped interception aside, obviously that might have helped. Um, you know, the offense was still struggling again. We'll get into that. We'll get into that a little bit. But, uh, yeah, if Kevin King's ready to play, that's – I don't know what – I don't know what their piss temperature was, but it had to have been boiling. <laughs> boiling, you know, nuclear piss is the level the defense came out to play. Um, it's something where you think about it, like as far as a confidence builder, and I know that's kind of cliche – but when you're talking about a defense that was just, you know, put in some tough situations to hold their own and again, hold Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, all those guys to 13 points. Uh, that's a great performance to continue building off of. And it just really feels like the entire team is really getting comfortable in Joe Barry's system. And, you know, once the offense gets right, you know, once Rogers returns and Bakhtiari returns, man, like how can you not be, be excited about the team as a whole? Yeah, I mean, it, they, they're going to be dangerous when they get everybody back. Uh, you know, they put, you know, it seems like every game they've shown, like this group shown, and then this group shown, you know, once they put everything together and they get everyone back, they get Jair back, um, still hopeful he'll be back. It's sounding more promising each week that they haven't put him on IR. But, uh, yeah, they, they put everything together. That's a Super Bowl contending team. So they just got to avoid any stupid decisions, you know, in regards to the COVID protocols and, you know, continue to weather the injury storm. But yeah, this, this is a group that looks like they're going to be dangerous when they put it all together. Uh, I'm getting very interested in Zadarius. He seemed to be a lot more chipper this week, flew back into town, uh, attending practices, even though he can't play, he's tweeting that he feels like a brand new person. You know, it's a pretty early, like pretty early in the season compared to what we were expecting for him to be talking like this, right? Like maybe he comes back before the season's over. And really at this point, the playoffs are a guarantee, right? You know, you're playing in the NFC North. I've seen, I think 538 gives the Packers a 98% chance of the playoffs already. Uh, at this point, you can kind of just like hope, you know, let these guys come back week 16, 17. I guess there's 18 weeks now. Um, get them back on the tail end of the season. Let them, you know, shake off the rust and get ready to go. Yeah, and in regards to Zadarius Smith, if you've ever had back problems and you get a, yes. you simply go to a chiropractor and they fix whatever's wrong with your back, you feel like you're ready to take on the world. So I, I can totally appreciate where he's coming from. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're, I, I love the attitude of him, especially when, you know, he made his own captain's chain and there was some talk about his contract earlier. I'm like, boy, have we seen the last of Zadarius Smith? Uh, the vibes seem to be coming back. So, I mean, if he, if he gets back on the field, that's that's an unexpected bonus for sure. I appreciate the positive attitude. Yeah, because that exact point to what you brought up just now uh, was worried that he's starting to become like, you know, kind of a downer. Uh, I love positive guys and Z and Preston and the Smith bros like their first year here. The positivity they brought to the locker room. It's good to see him kind of coming back with that. Very excited to see. Uh, I think that's enough about the defense. We might touch on them later, but uh, it's time that we got to talk about the offense just because it was a weird game. Uh, Chris, we talked a little bit about the show. I know you had some thoughts about Jordan Love, so I figured I would give you the floor. Uh, let me know what you thought about uh, the second-year quarterback. All right. Uh, so 
obviously we were all hoping he would light it up. Suspect defense, right? Not really the way, you know, the game didn't go the way we all hoped it would, even, even those among us who are the love optimists. But the kid did not get any help from his offensive line nor his head coach. Uh, the interior line, he was running. He barely had time to make any progressions. They, he almost had people in his laps by the time he could get to his check down. That's why you saw him sail a couple of balls over Aaron Jones's head. And I think he, I think he did one to AJ Dillon too, but you know, I got, there's been a lot of negativity out there on social media. And I just, the tweet I put out, I'm going to basically repeat it. It's blown up almost. I think it's over 600 likes and quite a few comments, some of which the quality filter on Twitter isn't letting me read. So I'm not going to bother with that, <laughs> but um you know, that's, that's one of the benefits to having a verified account is a lot more of the BS gets filtered out. But yep. quarterback development is not lineal. We have been spoiled for 30 years. And I hate to say this and make this about age, but some people that are in their late 20s, early 30s don't know anything but Favre and Rodgers. I was nine years, I was just barely nine when Favre came in. So I'm even at the tail end of this generation. I'm at, I'm 38 to give some perspective there. Um, but quarterback development looks normally more like an EKG, some peaks, some valleys, and some flat where it's kind of, you know, mm, uh, okay. Favre <laughs> you know, was more like a steady line graph going up at like maybe a 45 degree angle. Rogers was like, almost like an ellipse where it just curved and it took off after, you know, he won a Super Bowl in his third year starting. Uh, Favre was in his fifth when he won that one. And he was in his fourth when he won his first MVP. So we got to remember that. Um, and the other thing is he, with, with love, <laughs> he, he was not, was not being given a chance as far as Lafleur either. Uh, you know, he, I think they got away from running the ball too much. It was a 35, 25 uh, pass run ratio, 35 for the past 25 run did not do himself um, a whole lot of favors. And we also have to forget that Jordan Love is a rookie this year. I don't care that he was drafted in 2020. Last year, you got, we all have to, I think we've all forgotten now because things have gotten back to normal. But he, last year was a wash. You know, the draft was virtual. He had no off-season program, no OTAs. Everything was being done virtual. He had an abbreviated training camp, no practice, and he was inactive for every game. I mean, last year was basically a wash year. It was like a classroom only year that's why i basically would consider him a rookie this year he has uh we got to be we got to be a little more patient with it last year was basically a wash um and, and the other thing when you want to evaluate a quarterback you need to evaluate him from a clean pocket you can't evaluate a quarterback under duress the interior line again did not do himself any didn't really do him any favors i mean he's got to be a little more accurate on some of these i agree with letting him rip you know some stuff opening up in the middle of the field but he barely had time to go through his progressions and it's game one uh he just has to be we just got to be patient here it uh he's he's a young quarterback and he's you know he played his first meaningful game and i think we just need to back off him a little bit and rant <laughs> <laughs> Well, to your point of late 20s, early 30s Packers fans, uh, I am worse than all of those people for the record because I grew up with Favre, Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers, Andrew Luck. Um, all I've known is good quarterback play until the last few years of the Colts. Um, 
I did not think Jordan Love was as bad as everyone wants him to be. I don't think he played great. I don't even think he played good. But there are some things you can take away from this where you are happy. Uh, His throws in rhythm. uh, I liked his footwork at times. I thought he made some accurate throws. Um, Even one of the most accurate throws he made, it was a beautiful throw uh, to Devontae on a defensive pass interference call on like a slant route. Um, But it was right in the hands. It's perfect. Um, The pressure was constant. Uh, He got happy feet. I think he throws a little bit off his toes too much at times, but yeah, there are some positive takeaways. It was an unideal situation. The guy found out on Wednesday that he is making his first career start. This is after the coaches have spent the last few days. They had some extra time to put in a game plan, assuming Rogers can be the starter. Uh, it's very hard to you know, throw away your game plan for the chiefs and make a new one, you know, within a couple of days. So what I imagine is they stuck relatively to that game plan with just some different play calls. Uh, and just kind of had love out there after, what is it, two and a half, basically, days of practice. It's just not an ideal situation for anyone, especially some guy making his first career start. Also, historically, people making their first career starts just don't do well. It's just it's just a thing that happens. You're a quarterback in your first career start, there are going to be some bruises. So all in all, everyone, the fans reacting and saying that, like, he's a bust and he's never going to do anything, uh, that is not what you should be taking away from this game. It is a hard one to evaluate because of the environment, the situation, and the pressure he was under. Yeah, but, ESPN's even got that out, you know, like, should the Packers move on from love? I'm like, give me a break with a clickbait. I mean, it's enough already. They need to be patient with him. And if the Packers run, you know, where Lafleur also didn't really do him any favors, was running, the, they're, they're kind of running that Aaron Rodgers offense where there's, it's mainly LaFleur concepts, but they've kept some stuff in there that Rodgers was comfortable with with McCarthy. If they run the LaFleur Shanahan offense as it's designed, it's really designed to make quarterbacks' lives easier. Down at the end, you know, if the Packers can keep Dylan and Jones together, love doesn't have to be God like Aaron Rodgers. We're going to have to get used to seeing a quarterback who's not, you know, putting a highlight reel play on tape every four, every four dropbacks. He just needs to be competent to good. And I think he can get there. We just, we got to stop looking through this lens of number four and number 12. I mean, I get it. It's natural after the past, you know, 30 years of quarterbacking that the Packers have been blessed to have. But uh, we got to remember that he doesn't need to be good if they run this offense the way it's designed to be run. The, the one thing I'm very curious about is who was calling out protections uh, in real time yesterday, because Rogers is the master of that, right? The reason he doesn't get pressured a ton is because he's setting protections himself. He's bringing in guys to chip block like tight ends and running backs. Uh, you know, he's doing all of that pre-snap and that's the thing that has made him so successful. Uh, I don't think they uh, have enough faith in love or even love himself to do that. So I imagine it was Patrick trying to make those protections uh, and your point, you know, with LaFleur, I don't think they were doing a lot as far as helping out him with chip blocks or extra protection or anything like that. So uh, another thing to look for or look out for, you know, if you rewatch the game and obviously the Kansas City Chiefs just blitzed the absolute hell out of the kid, especially on third downs. I mean, some of these blitzes were just, they were sending seven or eight guys. Uh, it's really hard to stop that. Yeah, and Spagnolo, you know, is the defense might not be good statistically, but he could call a, as we can see and we've seen, he can call a good game. Yeah. Um, you know, he's a good, very good defensive coordinator. Yeah. So I, I did think that tough, they called tough, quite a good game. Tough, tough draw. I mean, they, how do you get to a young quarterback that you really haven't seen on tape? You just throw the kitchen sink at him. And uh, especially when you're up against a beat up offensive line like that, 
that has held up well in the past, but boy, uh, he had players in his lap all game. So I'm willing to, if I had to grade Jordan Love in this, you know, to kind of wrap this up, I would probably go with about a C minus. I'm probably being maybe kind there on a curve, but uh, I don't think it's an F or an F plus. I think I saw today, which isn't a thing, but uh, I'd say probably around a C minus. I mean, if you had, I know we don't like doing letter grades because it's kind of clickbaity, but you know, how, how would you have graded him, Tyler? It's so hard. The the If I'm including the context of everything and being like, if you take away the plays where, you know, just it's a mess, a C, a C plus. I, I, again, there are things I really like. There are things I really, the one that we haven't even talked about is he stiff armed a defensive lineman. It was awesome. He, uh, mm-hmm. he can, he could really move around. And that's something I'm really excited to see if they try to exploit a little more, if he ends up playing next week, again, no guarantee. Uh, sounds like Rogers might play as long as he tests negative. Um, yeah, there, there's, there's, I saw the flashes of things I'm excited for. So I'm hoping he gets comfortable. Yeah, because um, when, they, when they protected him, he stayed in the pocket. He made throws that touchdown pass to Lazard. Um, there's, we saw flashes where I'm like, okay, the kid's getting comfortable. I mean, he got better as the game went on, that interception notwithstanding. Um, but I mean, he got, he got a little more comfortable as the game went on. And now they've got some honest to goodness, you know, him versus some ones game tape. And I really think this is going to help him out, you know, going forward. It's a win for him developmentally, even if it's a loss in the standings. Could not agree more. And I think that's the best way to put it. Again, with everything else that happened in the NFL this week, uh, probably a best case scenario as far as the loss goes. So hard to complain too much. Ready for Rogers to come back, Chris? You ready? Reluctantly. I mean, obviously <laughs> not going to have them win it, but. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. He, he throws a football yeah. good. And with that, why don't we go ahead and get into our ad break and we'll be right back. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to do's, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. And we're back. Let Chris stew on his you know, excitement for Aaron Rodgers coming back for a minute. But let's go ahead and get into the gold zone updates for you guys. Um, we do not have much to update you guys on this week. As far as the red zone, uh, the Packers only had a single red zone trip the entire game. Went 0 for 1, and I believe that was a missed field goal. Does that sound right? That's, yeah, that's about right. Man, yeah. You know, what's weird is because they had so few trips, you know, again, just a single trip in the red zone, uh, they did move up a spot in the league uh, to 19th. <laughs> they are tied for 19th with the Buffalo Bills with a 55.88 touchdown rate. Um, I don't think we have much to cover as far as offensively, just because, you know, with everything else, it's hard to dissect how they did in the red zone without really spending much time in there well they're 19th with buffalo that's that's even i I find that actually just as fascinating that the bills are that low but yeah they're having a weird year i don't understand it every time i look at that team i look at the roster you know they have some players that don't get enough love like i think Deion dawkins is one of the best left tackles in football uh and just i i don't know i haven't watched enough buffalo to understand how they lost to the jacksonville jaguars uh i'm actually watching jacksonville next week in person uh coming to indy um that oh, one's going to take sorry. me a minute to understand. I don't know what's <laughs> going on there. I am so sorry that you have to see that team. In person. <laughs> <laughs> I did it for Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I've 
that's one of those guys that's like, I feel like I have to see that person and I got to see that guy in person at some point, you know, um, maybe we'll make some chance at urban Meyer. No promises. Yeah. I mean, a six, nine score with urban Meyer at the Joel. Church. <laughs> oh man. Um, only other thing to talk about defense did get another red zone stop. Uh, only two trips for the chiefs in the red zone. So again, another sign, good sign for the defense uh, preventing a touchdown on one of those drives, big win. Uh, it's that big, you know, as our reporting is eligible friends like to say big regression to the mean. Yep. Uh, I can't argue with that. Uh, just, uh, yeah, coming, coming back to normal. We figured it would come. So, but yep. I mean, especially against Mah- it just shows again, how well they played, you know, Mah- they did get that one touchdown to Kelsey, but uh, usually you th- that the, the chiefs are just about money down there. So again, can't, can't say it enough. Shout out to the defense phenomenal game again yes absolutely agree and the fact that that red zone stop did come after that muff punt um just a real big win all around um you know we got to get into it now since we've talked about joking about man once uh once there's another loss on the schedule uh this panning for gold segment's going to be pretty nice huh so let's get into it uh i want to start by just giving a huge shout out to a guy that has shown flashes throughout his couple years in green bay but chris barnes man what an absolute exceptional game. That's got to be the best game of his career as a Packer. You know, he's always been a heavy hitter, but to come up with some routine heavy hits, playing with speed, aggressiveness, and confidence. Uh, I'm curious what your thoughts are, A, on you know how he played, and then B, do you think this is why they decided to cut Jalen Smith? I think you just read my mind. I was going to say, I think they saw enough out of Barnes, but he was kind of an ascending player that they're like, you know what, Jalen Smith is – you know, he, 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 he had done good, you know, the Packers brought him in to be more than just a guy, probably just showing up as a guy. That's why his snaps were so limited when he was on the team. But uh, yeah, I phenomenal game. He's always kind of been that player, you know, that you really would like to see a little bit more out of, but he wasn't just a hair too inconsistent. So if Barnes and Campbell, if Barnes can continue to play well, man, could, could they actually have a, not just one, but two good inside linebackers? What sorcery is this? I really am wondering how much of this is Joe Barry's scheme. And I am wondering if Campbell is an actual mentor for Barnes. Cause you know, obviously Campbell's been around, right. Um, mm-hmm. He is having quite a career uh, season right now. So um, awesome to see from Barnes though. I mean, he's about in Cincinnati when they played, he had another really good game, but I love watching that guy hit like that hit uh, to keep, was it, uh, was it Damian Williams? One of the chiefs players from getting into the end zone, just absolutely blew his socks yeah. off. Yeah. Man, uh, so, it's nice seeing that. Yeah, hit uh, goal line defense. I mean, I, unbelievable. I, I forgot that was even a thing. But, um, uh, yeah, I, we can't say much more about Chris Barnes. Just played uh, played lights out and uh, had the game of his life when they needed it the most. and Gave them a chance to win, you know, down at the end. So I can't, can't really complain about that. Yeah, really can't. What about you? Chris, you know, who is your positive takeaway or do you have a general one? I'd have to just go with like AJ Dillon, for example. Okay. Um, okay. At times, at times he's looked like the better running back on the Packers, you know, and I'd say that as somebody who loves him, some Aaron Jones, but as we still, you know, the weather starts to get colder, you know, you just hammer pound that rock, you know, just no need to get cute in these goal line situations. I know sometimes they're, they're stacking the box with big guys, but you know, Dylan, you know, you, you stop him for one, he still gets two. You don't see him get taken for a loss very often. I think he's really could be, you know, if Jordan Love's got a 
play again next week. He really could be his best friend. Those two already are very good friends by what we've seen from them, you know, interacting off the field. I think that really, he could really be a security blanket for that young quarterback, you know, using him out on the, you know, he's, he's evolved as a pass catcher. He can play well, but I think Dylan, you know, Dylan had a start to show a phenomenal game and he's really going to be an asset as we go, you know, get into the colder weather. The, the thing that's really impressed me the last two games from AJ Dylan is just the vision. Um, I think it's one of those things where it's finally slowing down for him, the NFL game, because I'm seeing a couple of these runs he's making where he's starting to break away. He's hitting that hole before it's even fully developed. Uh, and for a guy with his size and strength, obviously he's not the fastest guy, but that's fine given his skill set. But for him to meet some of these safeties in open space going downhill, uh, it's quite fun to watch. Uh, really excited about his development. You know, what a one-two punch. Really, uh, man, it's exciting when it comes down to it, when it's, you know, if they can get some home field advantage, get some home playoff games, you know, you're trying to stop Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. You know, good luck with that. Yeah, I mean, you can't really uh, can't really beat that. You know, that's the, that's the keystone of this offense is solid depth at running back. It uh, the, those two are going to be phenomenal, and especially you know if, if say it is Jordan Love in twenty twenty two, there's nothing better than a good running game for a young quarterback. I miss Eddie Lacy, man. Like, not for any reason, like, we need him or anything like that. But just, man, what a fun, hilarious person to watch run the football. I don't know why I just you know, popped in my head, but, man, I miss Eddie Lacy. Yeah, he was I mean, really a phenomenal player, and it's a shame, you know. I'm glad, he, I'm glad he's gotten, you know, gotten himself right, you know, mentally. Because, man, yeah. fans, I keep forgetting how tough they were on him with the fat jokes. But, I mean, he was, he was just a beast running. I mean, 2013, what he did with Matt Flynn. That's what he he kept that team in that in the race for the division yep. that year. The Rodgers came back, so oh, he was absolutely awesome. I could watch that guy run all day. He was yeah, just, guys just falling off of him and everything like that. So shout out Eddie Lacy, uh, just yeah, we, absolutely random classic. You know, football fans like, hey, you remember that guy? Like that was pretty cool. <laughs> but let's go ahead and move on to our news nuggets. Um, this might be the first one where we yeah, I don't think we have any bad news today, which is really good. Um, we will start with Matt LaFleur, uh, his press conference today did mention he is continuing to keep it very close to the vest on whether David Bakhtiari will return. Um, but he did basically confirm, which is what everyone's expecting that he will be activated off the physically unable to perform list by Wednesday. Uh, that is the last day that Bakhtiari can return without losing him for the rest of the year. So someone tried to clarify that on, he's like, yeah, I don't even need to talk to Goody about this one. Like I am pretty confident we're going to activate him before Wednesday. Yeah, you kind of would hate to screw up the paperwork on that one, wouldn't you? If oh, don't even. <laughs> you, hey, man, you jinxed it with the Aaron Rodgers missing a game yeah, last week, so you yeah, need to yeah. stop. You and Matub, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I, they, you know, I, it's it's no hidden secret. Is, is he going to play this weekend? I, I, I'd hope so. Um, be nice to get him out in front of Jordan Love if Jordan Love has to play again. Um, I'm pretty sure Rogers is going to be back, but that's I, definitely not hundred percent, but, uh, I'd really would like to have him back this week. If not, I, at least against, he'll be ready for Minnesota when that's, you know, when they can pretty much ice the division at that point, getting their third division win over all three teams. So, um, yeah, I think, I think he'd have to be back next week, if not this week. Yeah. That's what I again, want to continue to say, just no rush, man, get healthy. I don't want you out there. If you're not fully healthy, that's totally fine with me. If you need some time. Um, 
other, again, more positive injury news because they were two pretty big scares. Uh, Eric Stokes and Kenny Clark's injuries are not seen to be long-term issues. Uh, Stokes did suffer, again, a knee injury uh, landing on during warm-ups before the game on Sunday, while Clark left with a back issue in the first half and immediately came out in street clothes. That was the big one I was quite worried was going to be a, a serious issue. You know, you hear back and defensive linemen and you start sweating a little bit. So the fact that neither of them are expected, you know, next week's up in the air, but the fact that it's not considered long-term issues that could impact them in the playoffs or anything like that, that is a huge, it's a huge sigh of relief. Yeah. When I first tried, I didn't realize Eric Stokes was stayed on the sideline for a little bit, still in uniform. When I heard the warm-up injury in me, I just went, Oh, that's a non-contact. That's an ACL. Um, thank God it obviously wasn't from what it sounds like, you know, you hear, I just assume that, you know, when you hear non-contact injury, I think, well, that's, that's an IR, uh, but Kenny Clark back injury, still a young guy, you know, we've, we've made jokes about his age, but, uh, he, I, you don't want to really have him out the back. The back is something like a hammy, you know, that could linger, but doesn't sound like it's going to be too long. I just don't know if it's going to be this week when uh, the Packers get them both back. Yeah. Uh, but losing both of those guys is tough. The secondary played well without Stokes, which is just, again, just a minor miracle in and of itself. Uh, Clark's the tough one, though, because he's been shouldering so many reps down low, and he's such an impactful and disruptive player. Um, we'll see. Uh, fingers crossed, you know, as the practice reports roll in this week, I think we'll get a better idea for both of those guys. Uh, last bit of news we have for you guys. Um, Russell Wilson is expected to play on Sunday. Uh, he had that uh, finger issue. He had been on, missed a few games. Uh, he announced in the worst, cringiest way possible that he's going to come back with basically a documentary, mini documentary video over the succession intro music, um, just hyping himself up to play in Lambeau Field, a place he has never won an NFL game. Yeah, I, I don't. <laughs> I, I had a good laugh. I'm like, dude, it's a finger. I mean, <laughs> yeah. It's a finger. I mean, if it were a knee or something, you were coming back from, okay, but it's a finger. This is, I mean, this is also the same guy who credited nano bubbles for curing a concussion. And if you haven't seen this, eat the ball, bread ball. Uh, oh, man. Um, by all accounts, it seems like, you know, it seems like somebody you'd love to have on your team, but man, is he socially awkward. One of my favorite throwers of the football I've ever watched. And I just hate him as a person. And I feel like that's really mean. I try to, I try not to bash guys or anything like that, but there's something about Russell Wilson. I just cannot stand it really. The thing that really got me this year was the, him doing the fake two minute drill before the game in front of all the cameras on a primetime game. Uh, When he's just like mumbling to himself, taking a knee, trying to like do a fake play. I'm like, what are you doing? I, like, I didn't think it would get worse than Jameis Winston, you know, eating the W way back, not way back, but oh, a few Jameis. years ago. But um, man, I mean, he didn't play like this. It was he wasn't like this in Wisconsin. So I kind of blame Pete Carroll. I mean, Pete Carroll's a nut job, and I think he's had some influence on uh, on Russ. Oh man, Seattle deserves those too. I love. I like they're just so weird, and it's just so out there. Uh, it'll obviously, you know, it's a much different challenge taking on Russell Wilson than Geno Smith. Uh, but the finger is something everyone will be keeping an eye on, right? Like it's extremely hard to throw a football and he's coming back a little bit earlier than expected. So, you know, we will see what happens there. Um, let's just go ahead and move on. We will wrap things up with our gold rush, mostly because I really wanted to talk about this. I feel so bad for Jordan Love's mom and girlfriend and the seats that they got at this game. 
Yeah, I, but I don't know if you actually know this. Uh, Amy, Tra I don't know if you saw this during the game. I'm trying to pull it up right now. Um, Amy Trask, who was uh, with the Raiders, yep. um, former executive, really should probably be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Um, that is actually the protocol for away teams. So it, uh, I'm pulling up her tweet right now. It says, video shows the mom and girlfriend of Jordan Love seated at the top of the stadium. Many are mocking the Chiefs for this, but the Packers are also responsible. League rule requires home teams to provide visiting teams with some nice seats. Green Bay chose to use them for others. Also, while the visiting home team is required to provide the visiting team, or excuse me, let me start that over. Also, while the home team is required to provide the visiting team with a limited number of nice seats and a suite or in nice locations in the stands, whatever. It was my experience that whenever the visiting team asked for a few extra, the answer was always yes. So, I mean, man, that's kind of a bummer that they were up in the, as I call them, the Euchre seats, but not completely unheard of. And there were some jokes made at Rogers' expense on this one, too. I'm not going to repeat them. Felt bad for even laughing at him. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yes, I laughed yeah. too. I one of those shameful laughs, but uh, it uh, it it's a shame. But I mean, I don't think that'll happen again if the kid can ball out. So here's hoping. It, it was just the beauty of the Fox camera angles. Just it was like that slow zoom in from way out, and they just kept going up and up the rows. It was, uh, it was so perfect of like a TV moment. Just really enjoyed that. Um, it's unfortunate they got you know. It was a loss for his first career start, but I just love the story that his mom attends every game. Just that's absolutely awesome. And, you know, makes me like the kid a little bit more. Yeah. High, high character, high character kid from even from in college and everything we've seen from him, you know, when he's talking to the media and how he's interacted with people in Green Bay, high character kid, I'm root, really rooting for him. Um, but yeah, so that, that might, that might be the future. So, you know, we already got our first storyline to watch with J love. So <laughs> And shout out to the, uh, just another thing back to the game, just shout out to the composure for a guy that was under duress nearly 50% of the, of all his dropbacks. Uh, he never really got truly rattled. And that speaks a lot to, you know, composure, competitive toughness, all those things. Um, if He's so, just, he's just, he's cool. I mean, he's just cool. And that's, that's going to serve him well as he gets more experience. Cool guy with a complicated fella. Anyway, um, <laughs> If you have not checked it out yet, uh, I highly recommend JT O'Sullivan, a former NFL quarterback, uh, does a YouTube series called the QB School. Uh, this week he did break down Jordan Love. Uh, it's absolutely worth 20 minutes of your time if you're trying to learn about you know what goes into quarterback play, you know what went wrong with protections and things like that. He also consistently drops in the entire 20-minute video a lot of digs at Aaron Rodgers' Pat McAfee interview, just like a lot of references to that. Um, it's extremely entertaining and extremely informative. And if you are just trying to learn about quarterback play in general, um, his series is very eye-opening. I very strongly recommend that to anyone listening. Yeah, I, I would agree. I'm definitely not, you know, I'm on, as far as the APC staff, I am definitely not the strongest guy in X's and O's, but I have learned a lot from that series. So, I mean, if, if a meathead like me can, can pick stuff up in there, you know, a lot more educated fans are going to uh, definitely be learning a lot more there. So. I, I, I second that endorsement. I'm no JT O'Sullivan, but I will be dropping a film study piece on Tuesday, which is today. If you're listening to this episode, as it comes out, um, I will be looking at love as well from a context perspective. Uh, some of the mechanics I saw, things like that. Um, just try and, you know, make sense of a very weird game. Uh, Chris, do you have anything you want to plug for this upcoming week? Uh, obviously this is kind of going to be a Jordan, Jordan love week a little bit, just, uh, I'm going to go a little more in depth, just preaching patience. Um, 
we can't let, you know, we got to re- remember that quarterback development is not lineal. I don't want to go back on it again, but just it's, we got to be patient here, folks. He's not going to be Aaron Rodgers or Brett Favre immediately. Um, it's going to take some time for him to develop. I don't know if I would call him a project, but uh, he's definitely got some work to do, but patience, grasshoppers. Deep breath. I wish the gong would pick up on Zoom. But thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, what a week it's been. You know, Hopefully it's a little less chaotic this week, but it's the NFL. Something crazy is always going on. Uh, thanks again for listening, everyone, uh, from Chris and myself. I love gold. Thank you. <laughs>